Well, today's episode is one that I think almost every human being can relate to, and that is drama. I want to have a conversation today about the drama in your life related to three areas of your life. Number one, creating drama. Number two, relationship drama. And then number three, learning from drama. I think there's a lot to be said about the way drama is created, the way it appears, the way it's carried around with us. And so I think as we continue to look at the needle of purpose that we're moving in our life, right, we need to be paying close attention to the drama in our lives. So let's begin. Welcome to the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast, my friends. That's right. This is the podcast where we use the philosophy of yoga in a practical and everyday way, right? Everyday, relatable way to one small step at a time to create more happiness in our lives, whatever that means for us, and also to be driven by purpose. My name is Justin. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. And you can also take a look at all of the links in the description of this video or on this podcast, in the show notes, wherever you're listening to this or watching it. If you look at those show notes, there's lots of ways that you can connect with me via social media. You can sign up for our newsletter. And you're also really aware of when new content comes out on this channel. You can also support the channel through, or the podcast, of course, through uh, listener support, which is linked there, buying me coffee, you know, whatever floats your boat when it comes to that. But that is what helps drive this content out to more people. And the other thing I ask you to do is please give the podcast a rating on your your podcast platform, whatever app you're listening to, and also share it with others, as well as sharing the YouTube videos and hitting the like and subscribe button. Those things all help get the the message out to more people who are basically one or two decisions away from diverting their entire life uh, into a new direction, which I think is really healthy for a lot of people, which is what we're doing here on this podcast. So let's begin with with a uh, quote from Eckhart Tolle, who you know as a spiritual teacher, maybe you don't know. Uh, He says, when you are not honoring the present moment by allowing it to be, you are creating drama. I want to let that sink in for a minute. When you are not honoring the present moment by allowing it to be, you are creating drama. Now, the practice of yoga on and off of the mat relates to eight limbs, which if you've been listening for a while, you know that this podcast is based a lot in the eight limbs of yoga. And really, all of the limbs of yoga bring you back to the present moment because, well, after all, that's really what we're dealing with in life, the present moment. You listening to this right now or watching this is happening. Other things that you're worried about or concerned about or afraid of are not happening and have not happened. This is what's happening. And it's hard for us to stay in the present moment. And so the practice of yoga teaches us to be in the present moment at all times, like 
Eckhart Tolle says, when you're not honoring the present moment, then you're creating drama. So let's first list the things that keep you out of the present moment. And if you have more things that can keep you out of the present moment, put those in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, because other people will see those comments and it's always good to be able to relate to each other because we're all going through the same things when it comes to a lot of these things that keep us out of the present moment. We're all experiencing these things. And it always feels a lot better to know you're not the only one who's going through the same bouts of fear and anxiety and so forth that I'm about to describe. And so it's important to know you're never alone because you're not alone, right? We're walking this path together. So let's talk about what those are. There's stress that keeps you out of the present moment, worrying, regret, complaining, procrastinating, anxiety, fear, ruminating over things, or making up imaginary scenarios or imaginary races in your mind that will help you to control or manipulate situations or other people. Those are just some things that help keep you out of the present moment. If you have anxiety or you're worrying about something and that's where your mind is at right now, you're not focused on the present moment. And that is a recipe for drama. So again, there are a lot more than what I just listed. I listed nine of them. So these though are the things that I want to remind you of that are also normal behaviors for human beings. Why are they normal? We're going to talk about that in a moment. You see, I want to hit you with a little bit of brain science here. When you're, when you experience things in life, your brain is experiencing them obviously with you. And when this happens to you, your brain files things away. Uh, a lot of us, including myself, do not know or did not know that one of the big reasons why we sleep is to make sure we store our memories. And for a lot of us, we think of sleep as, you know, rejuvenation and resting and all of that stuff. But a big, big, big function of sleep is memory creation. And so when your brain experiences things in your life that seem normal, or there's no threat, or there's nothing that makes you feel uncomfortable, or you've experienced something before that was not detrimental, or it didn't pose any kind of threat towards you, let's say that's like a trip to the gas station just to fill up your tank, or maybe you go to the store for things, or maybe you go to the bank, or maybe even you just go to pick up your dinner from a takeout, right? Your brain is going to file these things away and kind of keep them as a memory in your brain back in, you know, a filing cabinet or storage locker, whatever you want to call it, it's, it, it keeps those memories back there so that what ends up happening is if you need to retrieve those memories, you're able to retrieve them. But when your brain and you experience something that it does not know how to process, like trauma, it holds that experience or that memory kind of in like this waiting room or in limbo. And when that happens, your brain will also code that experience with a warning label so that it can survive, so that you can survive in the future because your brain knows when things are threatening to your safety. And so this is where trauma is created. When we have the experiences with a warning label on them, 
because the brain is like, well, what the fuck do I do here? I don't know how to, I've never experienced something like this before and I don't know what to do. So your brain doesn't know where to file it. So it keeps it kind of in the forefront with this big like warning label of like, hey, 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 this is danger, danger, danger. And all of the things that I just listed with the fear and the worrying and the procrastinating and all of that other thing, all those other things that keep you held hostage with, to your own thoughts sometimes, those things prevent you from living in the present moment all of the time because you're worried about what's going to happen if this situation comes up or how do I handle this situation that already happened that I want to rectify or make amends with or blah, blah, blah. Now, we're never going to be able to squash anxiety or stress or fear or any of those things. Uh, will we ever be able to? Absolutely not. We're never going to be able to because we are hardwired as human beings to survive. That's what we're hardwired to do is to survive. And that's a good thing, right? You, you know, you have to eat, you know, you want to, you don't want to put yourself in uh, situations where you're going to be physically harmed or emotionally harmed because it's a key to your survival. So that's where your brain starts to code certain memories. But let's go back to that word survive for just a moment. You see, we need certain things to survive, but we don't need other things to survive. Drama is not something we need to survive at all. And if something gets created or exacerbated in our minds, it can even become a habit for us. The drama of the creation of these things where we make we magnify things, which our brain does because it wants us to be safe. That's where things come from with regards to ego, safety. And so, for example, I used to be someone who thrived off of drama. I thrived off of it. I loved hearing the juicy details about someone else's love life or people's personal lives, how their interactions are with other people, and I loved sharing mine with other people. And to this day, still, I have to stop myself if I feel like I'm going to go down this road. But I believe that that is a measure of growth. So the first step, obviously, to, to handling drama is to recognize how drama is impacting your life. And so when you understand how drama is impacting your life and how it is not serving you on the road to purpose, right? It's not going to be the passenger in the seat while you're driving in the lane of purpose. The, the, the more progress you make because you understand that it doesn't serve you. And so understanding it is always the first step and recognizing it and then being able to move forward from there. If you keep drama in your life, it's going to block your progress. And we're not about blocking progress on this channel or on this podcast. We are about moving forward in purpose. So let's begin with number one, creating drama. Now remember, there are three things we're going to talk about. Creating drama, relationship drama, and learning from dr drama. So let's start with number one, creating drama. So it's first important to ask yourself the question, am I creating drama in my life? Am I the one creating drama? Well, I'm going to tell you the very first way that you will be able to tell if you are the one who is most likely causing the drama in your life. And here it is. 
If you are moving from one dramatic relationship to another, whether that's romantic, whether it's friendships, whatever, then there could be a big possibility that you are still creating or swimming in or wading in or just chilling out in drama. Now, if you go back to what I just said about your brain and how it handles events in your life, you may start to think, gee, when I'm faced with things I am not sure how to handle or things I don't handle well from the past or know how to handle from the past, I start to notice that I move towards drama because the feeling of something that needs to be solved is there or this feeling that something needs to be fixed or I need to manipulate this situation to to feel better. And this becomes addictive, okay? It becomes an addiction. That's right. There are many people, including you or including me, who have or who are or who might be addicted to drama. Why do you think that you like to watch movies and TV shows and look on social media and see all the drama that's out there? Even the news is very dramatic. Well, the reason we do that, because if if we just sat around and watched everybody drinking coffee on screen or pictures of people just sitting there on social media, that would not be very exciting, would it? That would be pretty boring. But drama becomes entertainment and we become addicted to it. But just like anything else that we latch on to to fill some type of emotional void in our lives, remember all those things that we do, the fear, the worrying, the procrastinating, all those things I listed before, right? We use those things to fill some type of void, just like we would do with maybe alcohol use or drug usage or maybe excessive shopping or gambling or something else that you're feeling attached to that you use to kind of cope, drama can be no different. So it's very important to ask yourself, if you are creating drama simply out of a habit to want something super exciting for your brain to have and to control, well, then there may be a lot of drama going on in your life. If there is a lot of drama in your life, friends, it's time to look first in the mirror. I'm serious. Because the only way, well, there are other things that could fill the void of wanting some excitement in your life too, number one. But the only way you're going to be able to first Notice if you're the one who's causing drama is to realize, do I have some kind of an attachment to drama where it helps me escape? Now, there's a difference in watching drama on television versus having drama in your life. For example, I am a big soap opera fan, but the drama that ensues in your life is different than what you're watching on television. It's a separation. And if, But if there's an addiction going on, you may be a person who wants to use the drama to fuel yourself and fuel your your feeling of feeling safe so you don't have to deal with a lot of things. So it's very important to look at yourself in the in the mirror. That's the first step. Understand that. And so if you are doing that, there may be other areas where you can pour into uh, because where you pour your energy and time into, we know, is what your life 
is. I mean, where you're putting your energy is basically your life, okay? Where your energy is going is how your life is. And remember that because this is important as we move a few as we move far, farther into this episode because we're going to talk about creating a different life. So, if you're moving towards drama and then that's what your life is is dramatic. And so personally, I would like my life to be less the least amount of drama as possible because my purpose is not headed towards drama. My purpose is to move forward in other areas of my life, not drama. Now, what about relationship drama? Number two, I feel like relationship drama could probably be an episode all on its own, right? It could be a whole episode, but let's talk about relationship drama in three parts. Number one, let's talk about feeding in to other people's drama. Now, you and I both know that others want you to be a part of their drama, right? And if you are creating drama, you may want other people to be a part of your drama. Why? Because it feels good. You feel like you belong, right? It's an outlet. That doesn't mean, though, that you tell someone who might be in your life who is dramatic, okay, don't ever speak to me again because you have too much drama in your life. Well, you may not do that to that person, right? That would be a little abrupt. But it's okay to set boundaries with people if they begin to make you feel uncomfortable with their drama or if they make you feel like you are nothing but a dumping ground for the constant their constant need to live in drama. So you can lay down your own boundaries with regards to what you do or do not want to talk about with other people. For example, if you have a friend who's always complaining about their job, this is an ex- a great example. And all of the ways they're like the hero at their job, nobody else does anything else but them. They're the one who carries the weight of the whole organization, blah, blah, blah. They're the one who does everything. The place won't live without them, on and on and on. And all these big catastrophes that go on and they're the saving grace. But they, but they always tell you how tired they are and how annoyed they are with their job because they're just so tired of it. This person may be addicted to the drama that they're creating in their life. You can put up a boundary regarding them discussing their job until they make some kind of a change. Because their job, whether they're whether they're going to find a new job or they're going to make changes at their 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 current job, that's on them. And if you don't want to be sucked into any of that particular drama and you notice a pattern, you are more than okay to set a boundary with that. Now, Another way to convey the message of, you know, not wanting to be in other people's drama is to use a window of time after someone speaks to either respond after a little bit of time has passed, just give yourself a minute to think, or not respond at all and tell the other person that you want to revisit the conversation later. This avoids fights when you, when, especially when things get heated and you're starting to feel emotional. When you start to feel emotional and the other person's emotional and you do not want to engage in dramatic fighting, then saying, I am not in a good place to have this conversation with you right now because I am emotionally charged. Let's revisit this later. The conversation is going to be very different later than it is right now because your emotions are leading the charge and you do not want to lead with emotional conversation because it leads to trouble and more drama. So 
giving just giving someone a minute and saying, let's come back to this later is perfectly okay. If you give into people's pity parties all the time, all you're doing is something called enabling, which I've talked about on this podcast before. And enabling is basically a reward. It's rewarding people for their shitty behavior is enabling them. It would be the same way. It would be the same as if someone is has a, has a struggle with alcoholism and you open their mouth with your hands and pour the alcohol down their throat. I mean, you you would not do that to someone, I would hope, who is trying to recover from alcohol addiction. If someone has drama addiction in their life, if you continue to allow the behavior or 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 reward their behavior or give them more and more and more, you are enabling. Let's talk about number two. Are there unhealthy relationships in your life? Okay, so think about all the people around you in your life. Think about it. Do an inventory. Friends and family and coworkers, acquaintances. When you do, you need to forget about, and this is weird and it's hard, but you have to think about this when you're doing kind of this little inventory. Forget about how you feel about that person and come back into how do they make you feel. Now, this is important when it comes to relationships because most often, those of us who are trying to get our life together and reach our goals and reach our dreams and reach and be more fulfilled are not going to be want to be around people all the time who make you feel like shit, right? No matter how you feel about them, if they're making you feel like shit, that's kind of telling, right? Oprah Winfrey has a wonderful quote, and it is this. You can miss a person every single day, but be glad that they are no longer in your life. And when I look back, I think about many people this way. I miss, there's a lot of people I miss who actually in the past couple years have moved away from my life in one way or another, and I miss them. But I'm also glad that they are not a part of my life anymore, no matter how much I miss them. Because people in your life should be supporting you, lifting you up, cheering you on, being a cheerleader for you, knowing your value and worth as well, and being the cheerleader, being a source of inspiration. Those people are not trying to pull you down into their web of drama. And you know who those people are around you who are constantly pulling you into their web of drama. And remember, it's not that they're shitty people and they're horrible people, right? They are just hooked to drama. They have things that they have not worked through yet. And if you have a tendency to get hooked into drama or any other things that are addictive like I do, then when you remove the drama in your life and the people who are creating the drama in your life, there's no more drama from those people in your life because you have removed them. Only you can do that, though. Other people can't remove other people from your life. You need to do that. Now, let's talk about number three when it comes to other relationships. Just get honest and be straight with people. And here's why. Listen, a lot of drama comes from us not being clear, us having expectations that are way out of this world, that are completely ridiculous, these expectations we have in our minds, or mind reading, which we're not mind readers. You and I are not mind readers. And guess what? Even though you love your partner and you love your children and you love your parents and you love your family and your friends, 
You are not a mind reader with these people. No matter how well you think you know someone, you are not a mind reader. Now, you can definitely pick up on their behavior patterns, but you are never going to know what they're thinking all the time. And this is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. You are never going to be able to know what they're thinking all the time. Nor should you know what they're thinking all the time. That's for them to have and their purpose and their goals are for them to cherish. And as I spoke about in relation in, in, in past episodes when it comes to relationships, it's perfectly okay to have a purpose with someone else, but that is a different purpose than your purpose on the earth. A purpose with someone else might be a common thread that you want to move towards, especially with a partner. But when we're talking about our own purpose and the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts, we can't have the same expectations or think we know what is going on in someone else's mind because that's theirs and ours is ours. So be clear with what you need in your relationship. Be honest with what you need in your relationships, with setting boundaries. Because listen, it's hard to tell people how you feel. It's, it's not easy to, to, to be honest with people. It's easier, much easier to lie and keep secrets. And there's sometimes where you do need to keep things to yourself. And I'm not suggesting you keep secrets from people. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's times where you need to keep things privately to yourself or to a close group for whatever reason it is. But when we're talking about day-to-day -day life and what we need, we need to be clear in how we express ourselves and what we need when it comes to other people. One thing I pride myself on is integrity and honesty because in my past, I have let those, that honesty and integrity, that was never a thing for me. I just, I wanted to feed into drama and try and control all the situations around me and everybody else. And you know where that led to? Nowhere. It led me nowhere, absolutely nowhere. So be clear with others because not everything, not everything, if you're clear, is going to feel so dramatic, which is wild, right? Now let's go on to the final point in this episode. That is learning from drama. Well, how in the world do we learn from stinking drama? Okay, life is going to throw us some fucked up curveballs, extremely crazy curveballs. So there's things that you are going to see with your own eyes that are gonna be traumatic, there are experiences that are going to make you cry and feel emotional, like death. That stuff is hard. That stuff is not easy. When people are sick, that's not easy. When you're taking care of people who are dying, that's not easy. If you experience a horrific accident, not easy. These are not easy things. There's When things like this happen, it can feel so overwhelming. And you may feel like you are caught in the eye of the hurricane with that, right? But these are teaching moments. They're, whether or not it's as severe as someone who is, is passing on to other things that happen in your life, these are teaching moments. Remember how your brain stores memories and there are some that you don't know what to do with and that they throw that danger warning label on there, danger, danger, this is a dangerous situation. It takes time and it takes work to be able to file things away comfortably that have the danger warning on them. And there are situations that are going to take longer to get past because it's painful and it could be triggering for you. But there are ways to keep yourself away from feeling desperate 
with regards to feeling better. And one of those ways is learning lessons. So if you're looking at an experience, you need to feel your way through the experience, number one. I mean, that's number one. You need to feel your emotions and get through the experience. But number two, when you start to heal, this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the healing process of this. When you start to heal, you start to learn things about that experience, like the red flags from a previous relationship, like that shitty boss who talked to you like you were a piece of shit at work, like the coworkers who never quit looking at their phones and then commenting about everybody else's life and what they're doing. Maybe you learn from the family member who is sexist or racist or ageist or puts other people down. Maybe you learn from the friend who made you feel unheard or unseen because they aren't in a place to, uh, to see anyone but themselves and their own trauma. Learn how you can maneuver yourself through that. It's gr- that's called growth, right? Learning how you handle things and those curveballs is called growth. I like to think of everyone else around me in my life as a master teacher. These people are teaching me either how to behave or how not to behave. And there will be some people who are in the category of narcissistic where you are basically nothing to them except supply, narcissistic supply. And so they might have to go away for good and you may have no contact with those people anymore. And then there are the people who you love from afar, who, like I said, you love them, but maybe they're just not a bigger part of your life anymore. Then maybe there are people who you have that are acquaintances, and then you have the deeper loves and the romantic loves. Everybody's going to fall into a different category, but you're always going to have people who are teaching you something. So return home to the present moment and get serious about where the drama is in your life and how other people are teaching you to handle the drama in your life and how you can push yourself away from that nasty drama that can get you caught up in doing other things and not staying in the present moment. So as we conclude, here's what I think is a great activity to do. Start looking over, maybe the next week or so, over the next week or so, look look over the three areas, relationships, yourself, and how you learn from drama, and write down some examples of how things may be keeping you from staying in the present moment that do not serve their purpose. An example is if you spend 25 minutes on the phone talking to someone else about somebody else and you're just idly gossiping, and I'm talking about idle gossip here, not working through a situation, I'm talking about idle gossip like, oh my gosh, can you believe what Tootsie did? She was out with that guy, they met on Tinder, And do you know she keeps going out on dates with that person? And then every time she goes on a date, she comes into work hungover. And then guess what happens? She can't do this. She can't do it. If you're engaging in that conversation for 25 minutes with someone else, is that 25 minutes serving your purpose in life? This is something to think about. You are the change. You make the moves step by step, day by day, little by little, one day at a time. When you do this, you are going to live a life that becomes way less dramatic. And you are able to then encode some new ways to handle the trauma in your brain as you move forward in purpose. And guess what? Remember how earlier I said that when there are 
people around you and when you are creating drama, there's all this drama in your life, then your life is drama. But when things start to move away and you have a goal in mind and a purpose of no more drama or the least amount I can, because you're going to have some here and there, of course, life's going to throw that shit at you. But the least amount possible, you are then living the life that has the least amount of drama possible. But you have to make that choice. So you can either live with life with drama or life with as little as possible. Your choice. And so I highly encourage you over the next week when you're doing journaling to take a look. Where are the areas of my life where I'm spending time in drama? And I'm doing the same exercise because it's important to keep this into perspective. And until the next time that we talk, I am wishing you a lot of health. I am wishing you a lot of purpose, a lot of happiness, and so much fulfillment. And here's why. You deserve it. I'll see you all very, very soon. Hey, hey, just one more thing here. The opinions, explanations, research, philosophy, interpretation, and all other content brought to you in the Strength, Yoga, and Freedom podcast is not intended to be a substitute for the advice or recommendations of any medical practitioner like a physician, a psychologist, a therapist, or any other qualified medical professional. This podcast's content is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only.